All right. If you have your Bibles, I'm starting a new series today. Um, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And uh, I'll be here two weeks. And um, I want to show you something uh, that's really awesome in this, in this particular book. Mark chapter uh, 4 and verse 35 says, on, on that day, on that day, when evening came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. There it is right there. Leaving the crowd. Watch this now. They took him along. I don't understand that. And took them along with them in the boat. Je they took him in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. I want to talk about this morning, this new series, When You Decide to Live for Jesus. Amen. Amen. When you decide to live. For Jesus. I believe what the Bible says. That one day. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess. The name of Jesus. I believe on planet earth. There's no name more powerful. Than the name Jesus. Do I have a witness? Some of you. You have encountered Jesus. As a matter of fact. Your life is the same anymore. Since. You met Jesus. I remember. The decision that I made. Some 20 some years ago. To call. Upon that name. But what I didn't know was how to live for Jesus. There are a lot of people that confess his name. There are a lot of people who are acquainted with his name. But they're not living for Jesus. We all have to make our decisions we make affects everything. Amen. Whether you uh, make a decision to purchase a particular home, whether you make a decision to quit one job and go to another job, whatever your decision is, it affects your life. God in his infinite wisdom knew that Satan would tempt Eve to sin. So he had a plan. And that plan was to not leave us in our depravity. Watch where I'm going with this, okay? You see, what I found out is this, that 
I don't choose Jesus. <laughs> Jesus chose me. And that is called, if you want to write it down somewhere and research it, it's called the doctrine of election. Where God from the foundation of the world, Ephesians chapter 1, he chose you. Aren't you glad you're chosen? Aren't you glad that God chose you to be saved? Aren't you glad? That God predetermined before the foundation of the world that you and I would be saved. We don't know who's elected. We don't know if the person next to you has been elected, but we know they're in church. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But the one thing that we can choose after we've accepted Jesus is whether or not we're going to live for him. It's interesting to me that God, even with electing us and choosing us, still had to make the choice to accept him. In other words, God broke down all of your depravity for a brief moment when the gospel was preached and your heart opened up and you were able to respond to the gospel. Come on, help me somebody. Watch this now, watch this now. And when I found out, when I found out throughout the years of being saved, I found out that even with me choosing, I still have to make the choice to live for. Now some people think living for him, you got to go to the extreme. You got to sell everything, go to Africa and be a missionary or something. You know what I mean? You, you know, you can't go to the club no more. I mean, you shouldn't be there anyway. But, you, you, you know, a lot of people go to the way extreme, right? And they're like, you can't do that. Christianity, like, comes with a whole lot of rules. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Here's the thing, right? And, and I believe that's the reason why majority people don't live for them because they're like, this stuff is hard. Anybody think it's hard? Y'all ain't trying to hit me. Y'all don't want to raise your hands. You're like, shoot, it get hard sometimes, Pastor, when, shoot, when stuff come my way, when I start, shoot. Come on, y'all. Y'all gonna, gonna pray with me today? Y'all gonna... It get hard sometimes. How many believe it get hard sometimes? Come on, when your flesh wants. And then you're in this battle in your mind. You're battling in your spirit, right? And you want to live for him. Because he's chosen you. Man, I thank God I'm chosen, man. Listen, because the way I would live, I... I'm like, why would God even choose a man? You know what's beautiful about being a, a real sinner? I'd say some of us, we imitation sinners. I'm talking about a real sinner. You know what I mean? The fact that you were a real sinner, like way out in left field. And God chose you. Tell you, neighbor, that had to be God. Am I right? 
Because as much as we messed up and still messing up, and yet God keep on. Tell your neighbor that election is something. <laughs> keep messing up. I keep messing up. I keep messing up. But yet God keeps showing me grace. God keep making a way out of no way. Come on somebody. God understands when you have your pity parties and stuff like that and he just lets you go. He just keep you going. You, because you because listen, when you out of your mind you forget. You forget, but God never God never forgets. God never forgets what he already intended for your life. You would have told me 20 years ago that I'd be standing in Houston, Texas preaching to anybody. <laughs> I would have laughed at you. You see, God can't give us revelation at certain times in our lives because you can't even believe it. <laughs> Y'all missed that. <laughs> Listen, you you were like, no, nah, that's a joke. Where's the cameras at? Y'all y'all playing a trick on me? Huh? Me? No, no, no. And watch this. And some of you already got made up minds. But you know what I know about God? He can take your mind. I ex I experienced that first firsthand. He can take your mind, but he can also change your mind. But, Check this out. God predetermines your destiny. And can I tell you something about that? Let me tell you something about that. No one can mess up God's plan. Not even you. I'm going to say it one more time. No one, even though you messing up right now. Come on, Pastor. Be easy on me. You still can't mess up his plan. You see, because when it says in John 3, 16, for God so, you got to understand that love is different than the love we know or that we give to others. God keeps loving us. But when you choose, though, when you, when you get tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of doing it your way, when you're chosen, but you're not living like you're really chosen. When you're chosen and you keep settling for less. Y'all going to make me preach this by myself. Watch this. When you're chosen and you know you could do better, but you keep going back to the same old stuff over and over again. God says, you can't mess this plan up. You could delay it. But you'll never be denied what God has for you. Okay? And the beginning point of your life with Christ begins at the moment that you get serious about living for him. See, God scared me so much, I didn't, shoot, I came in wanting to live for him. Because I wasn't going back to that old life. You with me? You see, God knows each and every one of us. And so either you're going to delay it, what's inevitable, 
Or you can get on board and fulfill God's plan for your life. In the passage here, we find that Jesus is on a preaching circle, circuit. He begins preaching, and he's preaching to the crowds. See, crowds would come to Jesus, right? And they would, they would just gather around because he had what I call the universal magnetism. He would draw people to himself. But what I love about Jesus that I found out is that Jesus knew that everybody in that crowd wasn't really there for the rest. I ask you a question this morning. Why did you come this morning? My wife told me to. <laughs> Going through a little something, Pastor. Life is tough now. But let me ask you a question. Why did you come? And Jesus is preaching knowing this, right? So what does he do? He changes the game on them. He starts preaching in parables. A parable is an earthly story that illustrates a heavenly principle. You with me? So, so Jesus stopped. I, I'm like, man, why would you preach in parable? Don't you want the crowd? Jesus is like, I know who I've chosen. I know who I have not chosen. So the ones who are cho chosen can understand the parable. So let me ask you a question. Is everything I'm saying to you making sense right now? Because <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> Houston, we got a problem. Jesus, Jesus is preaching. He talks about the seed and the sower. He went through all of these things and he got to, the, to verse 13. He talks about the explanation of the seed and the soil. Then he, gets, he compared the kingdom as a small seed that grows up. He compared the kingdom as a mustard seed. And, and then he goes on and he tells them, listen, don't worry about all that. He keeps on preaching. Look at verse 33. He says, and when much, with much, with, I'm sorry, with many such parables, he was speaking the word to them. So far as they were, tell your neighbor, able. To what? Why did Jesus preach in parables? He wanted to weed out who was there for the right reason. Lord, give me an ear to hear your word let me not come to church for an hour and 30 minutes and leave the same every week come on lord touch my heart with this word because i need to hear and here's the thing thank you for coming <laughs> but look what he says he says and and he did not speak to them without what without a parable but he was explaining everything what privately to his own disciples now, let me tell you what happened to the disciples. I got 25 minutes and 51 seconds. Watch this. He took them aside privately. And he began to explain to them what was up. Because he understood that crowds can affect your faith. You see, we equate success 
to mega. That just because something is so big, that means what? It's successful. But Jesus said, don't judge things by the appearance. Get to know the situation intimately and privately. Come here. Let me show you something this morning. God wants to have a private conversation with you this morning. And he wants to explain a few things to you. But here's the thing. When you start living for Jesus, you become part of that elite group of disciples that he wants to train. He wants to develop. He wants to mature so that you and I can carry out his will. So, so let's look at verse 35. It says, it says this. It says, and on that day, that day of parable speaking, got it? When evening came, he said to them, hey, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. You ready? First thing I want to give you is this. When you decide to live with Jesus, ready? write this down somewhere. You have to first come out of your comfort zone. You have to come out of your comfort zone. Jesus is telling them, okay, we've had success here, but the mission has to go on. But in order for us to carry out my will for you, you got to come out of your comfort zone. You got to move from here and you got to get ready to go over to the other side. Listen, you can't live with one foot on this side and one foot on this side if you got to choose today where you're going to live. Jesus said, hold on, man. See, if I leave y'all here too long, they're going to start puffing y'all up because you all are associated with me. So guess what they're going to do? They're going to start pumping you up. And before you know it, pride will set in. So here's the thing. I need you to come out of your comfort zone. Anybody here living in your comfort zone? Anybody here willing to step out and try something new? I'm talking about not new. I'm talking about something for God new. You done tried everything else new. But why don't you try something for new for God? Because when you decide. It's all about readjustment, but here's what it's all about. It's God saying to you and I, you, I never forget trying to come out of my comfort zone. One of the hardest things that I've ever had to do in life was stand on this stage and preach God's word. Comfort zone. Not knowing what I was doing, doing the best I could with what I have. The examples I have were great, but guess what? I had to come to a point in my life where I had to stop living safely. And I had to walk by faith. And what God was telling them, what Jesus was saying, listen, man, it's time for y'all to come out of your comfort zone. Watch the text next. Watch the next part of the text. Text now. And leaving the crowd. Write this down. Next point. You know what it is. You have to leave the crowd. You have, to, you have to leave the crowd. You know what the crowd equates to? Noise. 
And oftentimes our life is so noisy that we can't even hear what God is trying to say to us. Next week, I got something. You come back and get part two of this because watch this. This, this is all a tying tie-in because watch this. When you leave the crowd, you get to face yourself. Somebody here today, I want to tell you something. You, you keep running, but God says eventually you're going to have to leave that crowd alone. Let me ask you something. How far have you gotten with that crowd? Mm. How far have you gotten with those people that you're hanging with? See? You have to leave the crowd. Just because it's big doesn't mean God is in it. And I'm talking about the intellectual crowd. I'm talking about the charismatic crowd. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the positive thinking crowd. And you have to get a private time with God. You got to get ready to go over. How many of you ready to go over to that other side? How many of you ready to live for Jesus? And I'm not talking about liking him. I'm talking about living for him. Jesus said, leaving the crowd... Check the, check the language. They took him. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm trying to say, like, how, first of all, Jesus is the one that asked them to go over the other side. Now, how in the world they took, see, here's the thing. Oh, my gosh. Some of you come by invitation, but you never receive them. The word took is the word paralambeno, and the word paralambeno means to receive him. See, you could follow Jesus, but you got to receive him first. You could be around Jesus and never accept him. You could be in the right place doing something but never receive him because you never para lambano. The word para means to go against, to lean against, to lean against him. Are you following me? The word that means to accept him. So if you're going to live for Jesus, the next thing you got to do, you have to accept him in your heart. Sounds like elementary stuff, right? But here's the thing. I found out that people in the crowd will never receive him because they're only after what they can finish it for me. What they can what? Get from him. Jesus is like a lucky charm. Church is like a, like a, uh, like a rabbit foot. You know what I mean? If I go, I'll have good luck. If I don't go, <laughs> I ain't going to have nothing. You understand what I'm saying? So, but, but here's the thing. They took Jesus. Oh, I wish I had. Can I ask you who you're riding with? Who's on this journey with you? Do you have Jesus? Is he in your heart today? Listen to me real good. Now, hold on now. Hold on a second. Now, Jesus said you could tell a tree. So can I ask you a question? How long are we going to continue to say we're something that we're not? Or keep believing that we're something that we're not? Or keep telling people, I know God, I know Jesus. But there's no fruit on your tree. Come on, say amen. When you decide to live for Jesus, you have to accept him where in other words, you need a genuine conversion. See, people think that conversion has to be all oh, crying. 
All you got to do is take him along. What? When you leave here today, don't leave him at the altar. So in your conversation with your spouse, in your conversation with your children, when you go to the Labor Day barbecue and all this other stuff, take him with you. You know what I'm saying? Take him with you. I told you last week, don't judge me. Don't judge me now. Just because I left the weed man house and you saw me? Uh oh, that, that was a scratch on the record. Like, what happened, Pastor? Don't judge me. God's still working on me. You know, just because you don't drink and I drink, just, just don't, don't, just God's working on me. See, we got so much rules about Jesus that we make stuff up. Okay, listen to me real good. Listen to me real good. If you know 100% in your heart that Jesus is in your heart, you're saved. You hear what I'm saying? So stop hounding people to get saved and just look for the fruit. Now, one part of being a saved person, you come to church. Because this is where Christ is the head. We gather here to worship, to praise, and then to get a word. So if you have an issue with church, then my question is, who's really in your heart? They took him along. He gave the invitation, and then they made the decision, Paralambeno, to what? To receive him. To accept him. Watch this. Watch the text. Watch the text. I got 15 minutes. Watch the text. Watch the text. The text says, next week I'm going to get in that storm. Watch this. Watch. They took him along with him in the boat, right? Watch this. Just as he what? Just as he quit putting rules. How in the world do we put rules on Jesus? God don't want you doing it. How do you know that? I'm just saying, like, how you know that? Y'all ain't trying. How you know God? How you don't know? You don't know my relationship with God? But I know one thing. When he's in your heart, there's certain things you just stop doing. Come on now. Come on now. Don't use that as a crutch. Now, hold on now. Okay, now I'm going to let you make it the first year or two. Takes two years to make a disciple. Two years. And if I come around, I don't see no fruit, I'm going to dig around you. And I'm going to put some fertilizer on you. See what I'm saying? So let me say this to those of you who have started and failed. You, you ain't got to worry about that. You still belong to God. You know what I'm saying? But watch this. But make sure you make your way back. Don't let two years pass you now. Because you're going to need some more word in you. I'm trying to help somebody today. Watch this. You ready? You ready for this? You ready for the third point? The fourth point? Watch this. They took him on with them in the... You have to accept Jesus for who he is. What we don't realize is that the name Jesus offends people. 
does it mean to, to take him just as... Listen, listen to me. In other words, preferences. What we think he should be to us. We have to accept him as God. Now hold on now. Let me, let me, let me, let me back that train up real quick. Watch this. That is a doctrine that most people struggle with. Who is he? He's God. The Jehovah Witness said he ain't God. Okay? And I want to help somebody with something. If you have not accepted him and taken him as God, then who's going to save you? The only way that one can forgive one of sins is if he's God. They didn't put no stipulations on Jesus. They didn't say, well, you know what, uh, let me come back next week. I give the invitation every week. I give the invitation every week. Oh, next week. I'll do it next week. I'm going to do it next. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? If God going to accept you just the way you are, why don't you accept him the way he is? Without, without you trying to make up a God that you imagine. Oh, I'll wait till next week. You don't even know if you're going to live till next week. Matter of fact, the Bible said we're like a grass. We're like grass. Okay? <laughs> Amen. On a good day. <laughs> okay? And then all of a sudden we're gone. So accept him for who he is. And lastly he says, watch what he says. And other boats were with him. Now this part right here, this point right here, is very important. And we're going to go home. This point is very, very important right here. Write this down. You ain't wrote nothing down. Some of you look at your head down, but you ain't writing nothing down. You just got your head down. Fall asleep. You ready? Some of you got like photographic memory. You can remember all this. That's why when I go home, I ask my girls, what did I preach today? Now give me them points. Now. You ready? You ready? This is the last point. You ready? He says, and other boats were with him. So you have to decide who you will take with you. Who you take on this Christian journey will determine what you become later on in this Christian journey. If you take, a, if you, if, if, <coughs> say it, see, hold my tongue, Lord. If you take a fake, you're going to become a fake. Okay, for real. If 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 you if you if you take someone with you that that's gonna keep holding you back, talking about God gonna forgive you. Don't worry about that. We we gonna get there. Those are called excuses for not living right. Whoever you take with you in this journey, and here's the thing: some of us we ain't taking nobody. We want to do it by ourselves. You can't do this by yourself. 
other boats were what? With him. Who we take with us. Who you ride with. Who you talk to. Who you pray with. Listen, there are times in this journey, this is a lonely journey, y'all. I believe this is a lonely journey. And when you decide to do what's right, you, you, you realize how many, how, many, how many lost some friends? Uh-huh. They don't even fool with you no more. You know what they call you? Holy Roly. She thinks she all that now. She, she, she going to church now. Sure, you think you all that now, huh? You got to decide. You want the approval of the crowd? Or you want acceptance of Christ? But when you decide to live with Jesus, you got to decide who you're going to take with you. Listen, listen, listen. People want salvation, but don't want to put in the time to become strong disciples of Christ. What many Christians want to do in this Christian life, they want to audit the Christian life. You know what an audit is? When you go to class, you get the information, you get all the material for the class, but you don't, you're not required to do the work. They don't have to take the test. They don't have to do the homework. The only thing they have to do is attend for informational purposes only. They want the data without the responsibility. That's called an audit. And that's what some folks do every Sunday when they come to church. They want to audit Jesus. They want to audit the pastor. They want to live such a way where nobody can hold them accountable. You got to decide. Are you going to take this for the final exam? Are you going to take it for credit? Or just information? Because when you decide to live for Jesus, you got to remember one thing. One day, there will be a final exam. And every one of us will have to take the exam. The reason I started off with the context here is because lately, with all of the storms I've been facing, the Lord arrested my attention with this passage. And I'm going to reveal something to you next week. Hope you come back. That will transform your life. And hopefully if you apply it, you got to apply today's first. In other words, you got to sit down and do an inventory check. Who's with me? Who's with me? All right. How long, how long have I been in this thing and how far have I come? Okay. Um, what's going on? Don't live an unevaluated Christian life. Can I ask you a question? How old are you spiritually? And when you look over your life and you realize, man, God is so good to me, but where are you? And so today, if you need prayer this morning, uh, I definitely want to pray for you uh, this morning. 
if you want to make a decision, you say, Pastor, I am saved. I've received Christ. But I want to live for him. I want to decide to get out of my comfort zone.